PS powered by Set. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the show where two grown men and a gifted young trend detective make sense of the world by analyzing events in pop culture. At the oval table sit Ben Cardew near the window. Hello. And Marve Baiverdu with her back to the echo diminishing curtains. Hello, hello. Beyond the glass, twiddles buttons, David Camilleri. And speaking, Johan Wald. Today we shall discuss the very prickly subject of famous artists behaving badly and kind of benefiting from it. Recently Marilyn Manson and Morgan Wallen have both noticed a rise in streams of their music since their online backlashes which caught our attention and we feel the need to comment. Another artist who had a global hit and video which became a pain for toxic masculinity and who is now making a return is Robin Thicke. Can he continue his career as a singer of sexy R&B pop songs in the current landscape? Who knows. Some thought of him as a low-key Justin Timberlake who we shall also talk about briefly today because he has publicly apologized to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson. And where as these apologies might have been overdue, they are very healthy in the conversation of accountability and moving forward to improve our world in baby steps. We shall also be talking about Britney Spears and the documentary which everybody is talking about, Framing Britney Spears. Our album of the week may or may not contribute to the monumental task of making the world a better place. It is Slow Ties Tyron. Now you're dripping blood, goat gang. Now you're, now you're dripping blood from the neck, from the neck. How you gonna cancel me? Twenty of water in a That was cancelled by Slow Tie and Skepta, which is a song that seems to sum up. Not quite everything we're talking about this week, but certainly a lot of things um, that we are going to be talking about. Um, Slow Tie was famously... Well, I don't want to say cancelled, because I think that's one of those words that, that gets very, very overused. And yeah. I think that's something we, we need to discuss. But he had... He had his own issues kind of around about this time last year. Essentially, he behaved like a dick at the Enemy Awards. Um, and this, this this song sort of seems to uh, seems to address that a little bit. And has got it's got a lot of people, well, some people, um, really not very happy due to some sort of rather dubious lyrics like "How are you going to cancel me?" Twenty awards on the mantelpiece, pyramid stage at Glastonbury, which we should say are uh, Skeptors actually singing them rather than than slow type. It does kind of. Uh, make you think, Mark. What did you think when you when you, when you first hear? Right, um, you, you know what happened to Slow Tie last year, right? You you must have seen the videos and and, and everything. Hang on, do you like? Do, do, what's your impression of him, regardless of his kerfuffle? Do you like Slow Tie, the yeah, rough image? Yeah, regardless of what he did last year, I liked him because I he's kind of tied to Brockhampton or somehow it, they they were like friends, right? Yeah. Right? Um, he's friends with loads I, of people stateside, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, and they were kind of the, the same bubble of, you would think of Odd Future and all this kind of music. And, and I was like, oh, yeah, I like him. But at the same time, <laughs> he does stuff like that. And when it comes to the song Cancelled, I... First off, I don't think it's an apology because what you said, Ben, the lyrics don't really seem like an apology. And secondly, I think it's just a brilliant business move so when you search on the internet slow tie cancelled you only get the song so you don't get news of him being an asshole oh. and stuff. do you know who is an absolute genius at that and it does not make me happy but he really is is boris johnson 
right? Whenever you see <laughs> Boris Johnson come out and make like a really stupid announcement, you know how he suddenly come, sometimes comes out and goes like, oh, I play with train sets or something like that. Yeah. Do you know why? Or, well, this is my theory. Anyway, <gasps> it's because there's something bad that he did. So like, I can't quite remember it. Um, but, but like there was something like he... Uh, there was some problem with trains or something like that. Uh-huh. And then he basically did an interview in which he said, I like to play with trains. So if you Google Boris Johnson trains, uh, that's what comes up. The, Sorry. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So He's a master I, of the uh, uh, the SEO, no, the SEO. The, yeah, uh, the so if you want to look up um, what was wrong with him and, and trains that you cannot even remember, you have to be digging down the, the Google search bar to the ninth page or something because I was like, I think Slow Die addressed what he did in, in Enemy and the Enemy Awards and stuff. And I wanted to actually look for what, he said or if he addressed anything and I searched slow. I cancelled just in general to see if uh, any article came up and all of it obviously was the song and, and him and Skepta and not everything and I was like oh my god that's a, just a business move and it's genius. Sorry it was buses rather than trains um, <laughs> if I may read very briefly basically um, uh, he, he was uh, he, he said that he liked to make um toy buses basically <laughs> and the reason that some people have speculated that is if you remember um back to the brexit campaign god um is that there was a very contentious message uh written on the side of a bus uh which was about like uk sending 350 million pounds to europe uh every week which was blatantly untrue and so when people used to look for uh, boris johnson bus that came out and now yeah. what comes up with boris johnson buses uh, is uh, Boris Johnson says he makes models of buses to relax. What a master of the Google. Okay. What an absolute, <laughs> very rude they, word. They might have the same manager. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, I mean, well, reading a little bit into the whole slow tie the thing, I mean, you, apparently a lot of it was taken out of context, but what is true is that he, he, he jumped into the crowd after getting riled up. You know, he, he behaved very unceremoniously, shall we say, at a ceremony. Um, but anyway, going back to the actual album, whenever I hear double album, I panic slightly. But thankfully, this is a 35-minute double album, which is more than welcome, especially if you're not really a UK hip-hop enthusiast like myself. But this record has its charms. It features collaborations from ASAP Rocky, James Blake, Skepta, Denzel Curry, Mount Kimby, Deb Never and Dominic Fike. The, har- the first half, with the song titles in caps lock, are more boisterous and defiant, the kind of stuff you'd expect from Slow Tie. Very enjoyable to listen to in a car. I think it's helpful to assign a situation on, for an on. album. You don't have a car. I don't, but, <laughs> but I've ridden... Neither do I. I've ridden shotgun. It's, 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 it's even better when you ride shotgun, you know, <laughs> and you're handling the stereo. Uh, a car seems to be the best place to stick this on. It's got those lovely sort of uh, subwoofer kind of, you know, trap beats and stuff, uh, especially the song Mazza featuring Flacco. I think that's a very good song to play when you're driving around the hood. You know what I'm saying? Blowing smoke out of the window. The second half, with songs written in lowercase letters, are more introspective and melancholy, and the production laying closer to pop than hip-hop, which I thought was very well done. I don't know. I like I the second half better. What did you think? 
I thought it was quite interesting because his first album, um, "There's Nothing Great About About Britain," nothing great about Britain, mm-hmm. kind of got really, really acclaimed, and I thought it was quite interesting because it was all over the place. Like it had lots of very weird things. It had like punk bits, bits that sounds like the streets, bit that sound like UK rap, bit that sound like garage, that kind of thing, um, and. Um, this one is a lot more streamlined. It sounds like a lot more professional in a way. Like it sounds very, very sharp, very well done in 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 that kind of way. Particularly mm. in the first half. Like I like the fact there's a song on it that's like ninety uh, forty eight seconds long, which is what. And it just seems to say like you know get in there, say everything he likes, and and get out. And I really like that. I really I like the first half a lot more than the second half. I mean I like the kind of contrast between them. Mm. But I thought some of the beats on the the second half um, were a bit weak, you know, like and didn't didn't quite suit. I, I, I quite I like rappers sort of having two sides of their personality and not you know everything has to be like really strong. So, but like. Uh, I think you need to do it well, and I don't think he necessarily did on the second half. I think he's taken a lot of notes from the Tyler, the Creator handbook, even the cover. It's very... There's something about the vibe of the cover that reminds me a little bit of Flower Boy. Uh, but it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's uh, it's the style now, isn't it, for, for this generation of artists that make music that's somewhere between hip-hop and um, I don't want to say the U word, you know, but yeah, music that is made inside the city. <laughs> the first track, 45 Smoke, includes the word bumbaklat, which is patois for bum cloth, a popular insult in Jamaica and Caribbean in the Caribbean, uh, heard in other songs of West Indian descent. Slow Ties Mum, I might remind, is half Irish and half from Barbados. Would that be Barbadian? Barbadian, yeah. Barbadian. I think, or is it Barbadian? Oh, sorry. Conan the Barbadian. So no, no Indian. <laughs> oh, oh my God. If I had a... T- well, no. Sorry, I don't... I, oh, I just thought, what a great name for a rapper it would be to be called Conan and then Conan the Barbadian. <laughs> or Conan the Barbadian. <laughs> Stupid. Sorry. Well, there's still time. There's still time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Co- plus, I love how... Because I've been watching all these Small Axe movies, which are so great, so good, all of them. Steve McQueen, shout out. Um, I love how Jamaicans all have these names like Winston and stuff. You know, they have really sort of British names with these surnames and stuff. And obviously, uh, there's a lot of things about this that can be said, but it sounds pimp. And Conan... When you think of Sir Conan Doyle, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, no, it's a, it's a great name for like a Jamaican, you know, like, I don't know where I'm going with this. I just think, I just want there to be a Jamaican artist called Conan the Barbadian. <laughs> Surely a Barbadian artist. Barbadian, Conan the Barbadian. Oh. And, um, oh, Mar, I'd like you to help me out reading this because I found this very oh funny. God. The last <laughs> lyrics in the song go, money to me, uh, and this in the song by Slow Tie, money to me like shit for a fly, so I stay getting pee because the world is mine and bless this genius annotation can you please read it in your wonderful voice i cannot feel like sofia vergara when she's put on the spot to make <laughs> to read something in english just to make fun of her but okay, i'm not to I'll make go. fun of you it's the it's the it's just the it's it's so straightforward i found it funny but. okay i'll read what p stands for i guess flies often land on feces or shit as they are attracted to the moist, warm conditions, as well as the fact that they feed on the decaying waste. P is UK slang for money, as it, did, as it is short for pounds, as in Great British pounds. This is, therefore, a, sma- a simile. A simile, sorry, oh my God. 
Don't worry, no, I put you on the spot. You put there. me on the spot. Sorry, I simply for slow dice attraction to money. So it's, there you go. I just love these. You know, it's it's like fly, <laughs> flies often land on feces or shit <laughs> as they are attracted to the moist, warm conditions. <laughs> it's like thank you, genius. I'm gonna every time I hear that song now, I'm gonna imagine these flies buzzing around over a turd. But anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've t we've talked about the song cancelled uh, and not to the kerfuffle. Uh, yeah, I mean neither of them, neither Skepta or Slow Tight, are very imaginative with the chorus. I mean, I expect a bit more if you're going to be a, a, a lyricist. I don't know. Can I can I say like I think the problem with with the word cancelled is it's almost like one of those words like politically correct that has been kind of taken to use uh, in 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 a bad way. It's almost taken as by uh, opponents of it or people who think who who kind of come from the other side of the political spectrum and it's almost used in that way it's almost like you know politically correct things at the base were like good things mm. but you know they've been used and ridiculed so much they become in that way and I think that's the idea of cancelling as well it's like people are always like oh are you gonna are you gonna cancel me and it's like it's not that simple it really isn't you know you need to think about about what it is and I, I again that's what annoyed me a little bit about about this song Hmm. What, what, what do you two think? I mean, because nobody really gets cancelled. I mean, it seems kind of ironic. Like he, you know, it's like he's talking about being cancelled in a song on uh, a big album that comes back that's done really well. It's like you're not really cancelled, are you? I don't know. I think they are taking on that people in general are against cancel culture, which is. I think it started because what you said, the cancel is uh, becoming a, a buzzword that everyone's using and starting to misuse. But actually, I think that um, holding people accountable for what they do is something we should do. And, and yes, not overdo it like we overdid the, the cancel word. But uh, here they're taking advantage of of these uh, that people hate cancel culture to making it a meme. But it's like, OK, there's an in between. I don't know. Uh, also, it's slow tie. You know, he's a he's he's, yeah. he's a rough kid. You know, he's well rough kid. He, he part of being a, a the image of being that kind of rapper is being tough and rough, and that's that's part of the persona, right? That's part of the pantomime of being a hip hop artist. Unless you're like a backpack wearing positive vibe tribe called Quest. You know, well, yeah, love free the people. Uh, you know, he's he's into his rough stuff. Uh, and it's and it's pantomime. It's pantomime. So it's it's all part of the the character. And this is a theme we're going to be discussing further on as well. Is like how it's when it's in character, it's actually help not helpful, but it 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 helps the artist, shall we say, in getting the his or her message across. I mean, just briefly, what did you make to that whole enemy award enemy award thing? I mean, I thought he came across very badly i thought it kind of made you really cringe i don't know right it was cringy the thing is it's not like oh my god he's such a bad boy rapper it was kind of cringy and lame when like the clown of the class tries to make something badass but it just doesn't doesn't <laughs> come across as, as what he thought and it's like oh my god i'm 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 it's awkward and it's not I don't know. Everyone gets incredibly famously drunk at the NME Awards, and there have been so many 
cringy moments at Enemy Awards moments in the past. I've remember, got a few, yeah. Remember when Nick Dago from Black Rebel Motorcycle Club took uh, mush, magic mushrooms and stuff and he went up and picked up his award and he couldn't speak and stuff and he was shamed for forever, I think. Poor guy. You know, but it was rock and roll. You know, it was the most rock and roll award show in, in, in Britain, in the world. And you have all these musicians just drinking and just not taking things too seriously. It's not like the Brits or the... Grammys, you know, so this kind of bad behavior is part of the show. Can I can I can I tell you my own uh, enemy awards? Uh-huh. Uh, and I went there, got <gasps> shamelessly drunk, and um, I cornered Alex Turner and told him how I really like some of his songs, but not some of the other ones. Oh my god! <laughs> and and how did he react? He he just nodded Left. and it's just like, he was like yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's awkward. You were the slow tie of the party. I mean, I was like, my songs. Well, I'm going home with Alexa Chung. No, no, no. no, no what are you going home with? This was pre-Alexa Chung. This was like really, really, really early on. And oh. But the thing was, I was trying to be enthusiastic because I, I, I really, really like some of his songs. <laughs> But, I don't know. but not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was like, no, you want more songs like that, and not and less songs like like oh that. My God, but then it's like, then I was like, oh. advice to a singer <laughs> that you don't know oh. that I don't know, and I was drunk. It was it was not good. Sorry. Uh, okay, but now that's like you can use it as an icebreaker into conversation. Did you know I told Alex Turner what to do with his music? <laughs> <laughs> and and hang on. Ten years later, they released uh, what is it? Tranquility, Tranquility Base and send my royalties here. Did they send you a thank you note or something <laughs> to, to that, that drunken <laughs> idiot I met at the Enemy Award? No, if only they had done. It all happened ten years ago. I was at the Enemy Awards. <laughs> Why did you decide to change the direction? <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, But yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a very decent album. It's uh, it, it hasn't changed my life, but I, I might listen to it a few more times. That's yeah, my verdict. I think I think I agree with the I don't know how you the ranking of the album. It's good. I I didn't put any song on my playlist, but I might go to it. <laughs> I, the, I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm so soft at heart. I feel away featuring James Blake and Mount Kimby. I think it's a very lovely track where everyone shines in equal parts. Oh, I didn't like that one. Oh, <laughs> what? You didn't like the James Blake one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's What someone else. Next time I'm drunk, I'm going to be giving some really good advice to you know. I'll tell you what, James Blake. I like some of your songs. <laughs> Sorry, but because the whole mood of the second half is sort of more you know him reflecting and stuff and then that that just caught me off guard it's like oh this is a nice song oh it's oh that's the one featuring james blake okay there we go i don't know uh easy it's an easy, easy yeah. it's a bland song it's comfortable it's it's cushy it's all those yeah, things that i think I like. that might be my favorite too out of all the album out of all the album or out of the, the second bit out of all the album and cancelled it might be the second one even it, though we just said it, it's bad but I know it's a really good song it's really good like, I really like the beat and everything yeah. and it kind of works it just sort of like, I know I've been seeing people online who are a bit like oh god did you really have to come back And, and say that and, I, and you know how I feel about UK hip hop and grime I'm just not I can never I don't know it just doesn't make an impression on me so that's why I like the second half which was more yeah poppy if you want to call it I don't know Will you have a little bit of a listen to that? Please. We don't go on dates, we went our separate ways And we don't conversate, she said I'm playing games She said she feels trapped, stuck up in this fucking maze How you been? I've been better than yesterday And it was just a day, you know I don't complain Standing in the rain, soaking wet, trying to demonstrate That I don't feel away, I never hesitate What's on your mind? 
That was Johan's favourite song <laughs> on the album, and Mars too, featuring uh, James Blake. Although we fed that before James Blake came in, warbling in, in his way. By the way, did you listen to that, that covers EP that James Blake did at the end of last year? Yeah, I don't think much of it. Did you? I, I didn't. Uh. thing is, you see, but there was a time years ago when... Uh, I'd hear when I when I really liked an artist if they released a covers album I think it was great and it was just as good as any original material now I don't know I just don't it's nice that they're keeping themselves busy and releasing stuff because you can just put stuff out there but <laughs> it's nice that they're keeping themselves busy <laughs> and that's, yeah and that's I'm trying to be so positive stick that on the <laughs> CD case <laughs> I'd love that yes Please, that, that, if I was a label director, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I'd put on that. Rather than parental advisory stickers, like it's nice that they went to this effort of recording covers. They recorded it, they played it, they didn't actually compose or anything. No suffering was involved in the recording of this album. I should say, I do, I do like James Blake. I don't want to. No, be you painted. don't. Yes, I do. <laughs> Anyway. You mean his music or... or well, I've, never, I've never met him. I'm, his music. I like his music. He's got, he's got some lovely songs. No one believes me. <laughs> Johan, you were telling us about a pretty shocking uh, story, a pretty... Uh, in in, in uh, terms of streams. Something I didn't expect at all. Okay, so if you were following entertainment news in the last few weeks, you'll be aware that many women, led by actress Evan Rachel Wood, have stepped forward accusing Marilyn Manson of abusive and toxic behaviour towards them. Even though he's been dropped by his label, his music has enjoyed a spike in popularity. There really is no such thing as bad press. According to Billboard, total on-demand streams were up 7% in the week ending February 4th to 6 million, and his digital sales reached 2,000, a 40% increase. So one thing that could explain this is that whenever you read the news, they refer to the man as Marilyn Manson and not his real name, Brian Warner. I get the sense that the character, Marilyn Manson, who has always posed as this prince of darkness, who has always portrayed himself as this sexually deviant torturer, has only been enhanced by these horrible accounts. Many of his fans probably liked this about him. Obviously, one thing is theatricality and deception in entertainment. On stage or in videos, you can reenact violence and depraved, sordid behavior. But once the director yells cut, professionals switch off and go back to treating each other with respect, right? Or so it should be. Manson didn't turn the switch off and it could be that well this this might explain this this thing it reminds me of when convicted murderers like charles manson who received many letters of admiration especially from women ted bundy he raped and murdered more than 30 women and girls across the u.s but that didn't bother besotted admirers who sent him marriage proposals could, could i just say from a legal perspective we're not necessarily comparing marilyn manson to, to ted bundy <laughs> I was even though <laughs> he said that he used the the surname manson in oh, his true. artistic that name because he not admired him but Kind of. <laughs> you see, I never understood. I could never understand it. It's like this fascination people had with Charles Manson, right? Mm. Uh, so, in extreme cases, apparently, I've learned a new word. It's a phenomenon called hybristophilia. Hybristophilia, or Bonnie and Clyde syndrome, a sexual disorder in which someone is aroused by wrongdoing. Not that everyone who's streaming Marilyn Manson is sexually aroused, right? Let me, you know, it just made me read up about this, you know, and all of a sudden... It's God, like, I really hope they aren't. <laughs> well, there, might, there must be a segment of it, you know, of people who are aroused even more by the fact that he is 
this kind of abuser. So even though, as you oh, say, Ben... Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, God, I hope not. Well, this is the thing. If, if pe- women were sending love letters to these men behind bars who were convicted for, you know, burying and torturing and killing and murdering, you know, proper... Uh, well, what's to say that uh, listening to this guy who's... I can't cite any Manson lyrics right now, but most of his lyrics are pretty dark. Well, you know, it, it's it's they enjoy this experience. Obviously, they're enjoying it from afar. So, as you say, Ben, he may Brian Warner may not fall into the category of Ted Bundy or Mar- or Charles Manson because he hasn't murdered anyone yet, or is he isn't an incarcerated criminal yet? But he is famous for being very dark and making music that some people find dark. I think it's all pantomime. It doesn't get anywhere near as dark as Burzum or Gorgroth or Norwegian black metal singers who were very dark off stage as much as on burning churches and actually murdering, as was the case with Varg Vikernes of Burzum, who stabbed Mayhem guitarist Euronymous 23 times. But that's another story for another show. What's probably likely is that a lot of core Manson fans may probably not feel deterred by these recent allegations against him. They expected it from him, and in some twisted and perverse way, appreciate him even more for his commitment to this authenticity of being despicable and making lousy covers of 80s synth pop songs. But you see, that, that's, a, that's a real worry, you know, because you get um, you get a lot of artists who do kind of play this role. And I, I generally quite like artists who play that role of like, you know, being being despicable and being awful and kind of like winding people up and, and doing things like that. And even like calling yourself Marilyn Manson, I think, is an interesting thing to call yourself. I'm not obviously... Charles Manson's an awful, awful, awful person, but you can kind of see what he's doing. But like, there, there's a limit. Like, it's kind of that. Obviously, you shouldn't then be an utter dick towards people around you. And I kind of find it very worrying if people do actually like that. If people can't see kind of where where that line where that line ends, you know. Hmm. He's yeah. always been a provoc. That's his thing. He's a provocateur. Provocateur? Yeah. He's, he, you know, that's his, his, his rock was provocative rock. You know, it's not even metal. It's just this thing. And his video clips, it was all very startling when he came out. And a lot of people said, oh, remember when he came out in Bowling for Columbine? He seemed like such an intelligent guy, you know, speaking against how, uh, about how he was being associated with gun crime and how he was the, f- because the, the kids who, uh, the, the mass shooters at Columbine, the Columbine Institute, uh, school uh, were Ma- Marilyn Manson fans, you know, and they were trying to uh, condemn Marilyn Manson for, oh, it's his music that it's Satanist and it's creating all these, making all these kids, you know. And the way he defended himself was, he, he did it with such intelligence and it's like, okay, this guy, when he gets on stage, he plays a character, but at home, this guy is an intelligent guy who yeah. makes really good creative decisions and whatever. But he's been a millionaire for a long time and he's been very decadent. I I remember maybe 10 years ago, the reviews for his show in Madrid, he was lazy. He was not putting any effort into his artistry. I thought this has nothing to do with him being a despicable person to other w- women. You know, it has to do with the fact that this guy has been phoning it in for a long time. So it's it's not even worth saving him. I don't, know, I don't want to be this judgmental guy. Of I don't know. I cancelled him a long time ago because I thought, look, this guy, he, he did an interesting thing towards the end of the 90s and stuff. It was very exciting on MTV to have his videos come up. But, and if I can understand why people were fascinated with him as the, an artist, but 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't surprised at all by these allegations. And it's, I find it really bizarre that his streams have gone up so much because, like, there will be a fairly large percentage of people. There will be some people, some of his fans, who are like, "Oh, I'm not listening to him now," mm-hmm. and there'll be some of his fans who, maybe on a subconscious level, don't feel like listening to it now. So, so are other fans like deliberately playing it more? Maybe I mean, they're not. Maybe there's people who are like twisted, twisted on the head or something, and they're like, "Oh, this guy did this wrong, and now he's getting cancelled." And I like to be with the people that are on the bad side, so I'm gonna stream his music, even though mm, five days ago I I wouldn't. Well, thank you, Mar and Ben, because this brings me to the next subject, which I think is a clear case of that of people listening to it even more out of spite. Another artist who in less than a year has made headlines for reasons beyond his creative work as a country musician is Morgan Wells. Back in October last year, footage of him appeared on social media showing him at a party without a mask, which caused uh, an upcoming performance of SNL to be postponed, although he did end up performing on the show eventually. Earlier this month, he was recorded drunk again, this time using a racial slur, which resulted in a suspension from his label and removal of his music from many major radio networks all across the US. Well, can you guess what happened next? Despite most major radio stations banning his music... Sales in his albums increased in the 24 hours after the video initially emerged. According to MRC data, Wallen sold 22,500 copies of his albums in the US on February 3rd, a 339% increase from the day before. So what this data says is that being a racist can be good business in America, especially if most of your fan base probably wear white hoods and burn crosses in the midnight. Wallen has apologized publicly and met with a few black organizations as black organizations as well as gone sober. But again, come on, this guy even has a mullet. Not a fashiony hip sonar <laughs> 2001 mullet, a proper backwater pickup truck, six pack of cores as a passenger, unflattering mullet. If I was into hillbilly music, this is the kind of icon I would expect to sing these songs about the good old days when the sunset rises in the south and the horses trot under the willows and the molasses syrup is just so sweet and my Uncle Bob don't recognize this country anymore. <laughs> that was spot on. <laughs> that, that was very nice. I'm not making fun. I love I love a lot of country music and and so I, so anyway so yeah so I could tell that that spike in popularity I think that is that that is just people being spiteful. It's like you know what I'm gonna buy this song ten times. I'm you know and it's like well okay it's it's almost like the reverse effect of all those people burning. Nike sneakers because they they uh, they keep sponsoring Colin Kaepernick who mm-hmm. took the knee, uh, and they're like, well, I'm gonna burn my shoes. It's like you already paid for it, you dumbass. You know, so it's like, <laughs> thank Nike's like, burn all you wish. <laughs> it won't be long before you're back on us. You called it the profitable backlash, didn't you? It's a profitable backlash, and it could set a trend. You never know. It's just. It's weird that these labels are dropping them because usually labels can be a little bit cynical and they'll find PR ways of like uh, condemning it without um, making you know putting their assets in danger. Yeah, but like in terms of Marilyn Manson, let's say you've been. I mean, I'm not going to speak for his label because I don't know. But like you know, you're still going to make money from his back catalogue. He's ah, you know been releasing things for twenty twenty odd years. You know, 
you might not get his new album. That's probably not going to be as big as Disney, is it? You know, and, and, and it's good that they that they've dropped him. You know, I'm not saying it's not, but at the same time, it's not like the massive kind of financial um, hit that it might it might seem to be. Yeah, probably, you know, it, 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 his last album obviously did not sell as much as Mechanical Animals or whatever. You know, when in his peak time. So, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's probably what's happening in the music industry. You know, they know that any artist passed a certain date. Uh, you know, you continue your legacy and whatever, and you might have a hit or two, and you'll connect with the audience that grows with you. But it's the back catalogue where all the money's at when you were in your prime. So, yeah, that's the cynical world of the music industry. Another singer who became notorious for singing a song which became a massive global hit for its infectious Marvin Gaye stealing groove and short-sighted, clumsy lyrics about non-consensual sex is Robin Thicke. He's just released his eighth album, On Earth and in Heaven, and features production from Pharrell Williams. And I have to say, it's not that bad, <laughs> the album. It's, 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 a, it's, it's new soul. It's got that R you know, elegant kind of R&B. Do you feel bad saying that? No, because I don't. He 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 was very clumsy in his at the time, but you know I've read I've read into it. He was going through a divorce, you know, proper midlife crisis. Redemption arc now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think he's that bad of a guy. I do agree. I don't know. I, 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 I was reading this article on Esmoda saying, look, he was basically a baboso even in the video. A baboso is the Spanish word for like these. A lech, a lech. A lech, right? you know, one of these guys who sits in the VIP room at the discotheque ordering <laughs> bottle service and just like, tell the girls to come over here, or, you know, because I've got free drinks for them and stuff. Just one of those sleazy. I, I, I never even thought it was the video clip for Blurred Lines, which incidentally made a star out of Emily Radajowski. So, you know, someone won. Um, I, I, I was kind of angry that Pharrell was in that video. Yeah, it, it didn't fit his image that he, I, I don't know I always thought it was weird yeah plus he were he wears those trousers with no socks and shoes and <laughs> it, it's it, you know he's such a style icon for me Pharrell never misses and in that video he he didn't look that fly he always he himself looks fly because he's always he doesn't age but his styling and stuff the song and T.I. kind of I don't know. It it does make me cringe. I was watching it yesterday, kind of embarrassed here in the office. Like I don't want anyone to see I'm watching the Robin <laughs> Thicke video, but I you know I needed to research. Um, but it's like uh, Pharrell, what what are you doing? I mean, the song was a super hit. I had to DJ it many times at weddings and stuff, and it it really did work. <laughs> it got the crowd going. It's not a terrible pop song. It's just I don't know. It, it's, it was it horribly implanted in my head. It was one of those songs you just, you know, you, I found myself singing that song so yeah. many times. You're like, no, it's not appropriate. And then it's just like, <laughs> kind of keeps on burbling along. But that's the thing, like Pharrell got away, like... Well, he had to pay. Like, he had to pay. Well, he, had, yeah. he, he had to pay up to the Marvin Gaye. No, but in, in reputational family. standards, like Robin Thicke was like, hmm. oh yeah, really yeah, yeah. took a hit. Whereas Pharrell sort but, of. Yeah. Well, there was the MT, the infamous MTV VMAs performance with Miley Cyrus once again. True. She took the whole blame True. for the yeah. for right? the performance because you know she was twerking against him and stuff. And and again, he was horribly dressed in these really two men of a certain age. We should not wear tight trousers anymore. Okay, guys, <laughs> I don't. Stop it. I don't. But these were skin tight, like black and white stripes. The suit, yeah. it just looked horrible. And he was prancing around. And remember, there was that meme of Will Smith and the, the Smith yeah. kids. They were still that super were young. All of them looking like 
outraged. <laughs> They were like, what the hell's going on? What, you know, what, 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 what? There was just a, a, a screen grab of them in the audience at the foot of the stage. And they're like super happy one moment. And all of a sudden, Miley Cyrus is like bending mm. over, twerking against, you know, rubbing her behind against uh, Robin's crotch. And the Smiths are like <laughs> totally uh, horrified. <laughs> like, they're, what's ah, going on here? Ah. <laughs> it, was yeah. so, it was hilarious. It was one of those memes before memes were so popular. No, I, I think it was meme already. Um But so so that once again, so Miley took the brunt of all that episode and she almost, you know, all of America was like, oh, cancel this girl. Yeah. This is a bad image for girl, young girls all over the country and stuff. And boy, did she have to work hard to, yeah. to come out of that. And that brings us to the case of so many, you know, pop music has been so unfair on female pop stars, you know. Okay, Robin Thicke is now, his, he's been getting the, he got, he got his little... Calvario, you know, he's he's had to bear the cross and walk up the mountain, but not as much as Miley Cyrus or Janet Jackson after the Super Bowl incident or Britney Spears all throughout her career, which brings us to the this nice thing that Justin Timberlake has done, that he's offered an apology, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's... Uh, everything happened this week that when Justin apologized to, to Britney and that is because the New York Times put out a documentary on on the Britney case and her custodianship thing and and obviously it was my duty to find this documentary online and watch it even though it's not available still in Spain but you you know you can do your thing on the internet and always find it and and it was absolutely devastating to see it. It's called Framing Britney. And, and you can just... It's, we all knew everything that was happening, but when they lay it out in front of you just to see what we did to this girl, she was just... Uh, well, she, since she was a kid to now, and it's, it's devastating. And one of the many things that comes out of, of this reality... Uh, not reality show, this, this documentary, is the many villains that are on this story. And it's not only just the father. For example, Justin Timberlake, who is just in a short amount of, of the, the documentary, but people on social media really saw how he just went off the, the breakup that was so big on all these gossip magazines and, and he just took advantage of this image that graciously was given to him that he was uh, the, the hot new single dude and while Britney's career was ending and he, her reputation was being devastated by him, he stepped on her and took advantage of it instead of being being holding his, himself accountable of of a breakup is just two people thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's not only Britney. It's, and and you you could see the, these magazines um, having the titles of Sexy Singer and his hot new album and him going on interviews and speaking of intimate stuff with um, Britney while laughing. Like There's a, a clip that's also on the doc documentary that there's this radio host that asks Justin, oh, so did you and Britney have sex? And... You just if, if someone asks you this first of all you're like what in which TV <laughs> uh, in which radio station am I and secondly you just say oh I'm not gonna talk about that out of respect of, yeah. of your ex partner or or whoever and he just laughs and he's like uh -huh, of course we did ha 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 or something like that well I don't know and then there's another clip out of, next to this one in which Britney is also in an interview and the interview's like sole purpose seems 
to make her cry and like, oh, what did you do? What did you do to him? Um, when nobody really knows what happened. So uh, it must might have been Britney's fault or Justin's fault, but she was the bad one portrayed by the media and, and that's what the people stuck to. And, and she ends up crying because imagine being... Neil Strauss. Was that the famous Neil Strauss interview? Maybe. So Neil Strauss is the guy who wrote The Game, the, the pickup artist handbook, this book that all these loser men read to learn okay. how to pick up women That's and like uh, find their vulnerable spots. Neil Strauss is a, is a case that we should do a show on. In, well, no, maybe not. <laughs> not, not got any more to his le legend. But he famously opens a book he has on interviews he'd made because he used to work for Rolling Stones and Rolling Stone and lots of music magazines. He was a, a very big music journalist. And uh, he starts the book telling about how he, you know, bra bragging about how he makes Britney Spears cry. Oh he my! Have been Neil Strauss, sorry, I've the writer of the game. I've just found this. It's actually on uh, on the Guardian, which I didn't expect at all. It's called when Neil. Uh, met Britney he's talking about interviewing her mm. and he, he basically says his interview wasn't going well uh, as a sexual icon she was unintimidating and I imagine lonely a gear slammed down on my head there was only one way to save this interview I had to game Britney Spears it's like oh my god it's horrible the media the people like I I don't know how we we or all the people realised how we were unfairly treating Britney like the double standards in in this case of the Justin and and Britney relationship are, are it makes me sick to my stomach to my stomach to see her how she had to take a break and and just process all this and all the media being against her and people saying she's like a homewrecker or something like they we don't know what happened and then Justin raising out of this uh, untouched and and having Crimea River making her seem even worse than she was already portrayed oh, i hate it and and it's it it was just all out there we just didn't care to listen uh, See, I, I, i'm interested that you say we that you know that we treated britney badly so you yourself kind of feel that, that we all we you were all too young mar uh, at no, that time right. I, <laughs> yeah, I, don't take maybe, the blame <laughs> I, I don't take the blame but i know if i was to be 16 or whatever or 20 in that moment i would have just ate up the media mm, thing that they were doing and and wouldn't have even questioned if that was fair or if that had any sense to begin with and i would have just been like oh yes poor justin mm, let's make britney cry britney cry on national television that seems right that seems like a thing we should do now and and it <laughs> it's not <laughs> and and i don't know why we're just realizing this now and after the documentary and everything and people were talking about it and people realized like, oh my God, Justin Timberlake <laughs> took advantage of this and, and, and just made a career out of dumping Britney Spears and, and we were like, okay, yeah, you go. And and it's not the only case because what did he do um, when on the Super Bowl other than raising at the cost of a woman's reputation, in this case, Janet Jackson, he made the whole nipple gate, which is crazy that it's remembered like that. Um, and, and then J Janet Jackson's career was pretty much over. And, and Justin was, he just left the Super Bowl. He said, sorry, I'm so sorry, guys. Can I go to the Grammys? And they said, oh, yeah, Justin, come to the Grammys. But not you, Janet, you're dirty... Mm, yeah. person and and why it, it was it was his fault to my eyes but 
let's consider it was both of them fault even I don't think it's anyone's fault and and then he just not tried to put it back and and not talk about it he there's videos of him at a concert and I don't know if singing rapping or or making fun of the incident like yeah I I exposed Janet Snipple in the Super Bowl, blah blah blah, and and people like singing in the concert, and it's like, oh god, how do you realize this woman is still being shamed because of it, and you're here at your concert making fun of it, and you were invited to perform again at the Super Bowl a second time, which was awful, and you did not deserve one time, but you got two, and Janet Jackson has not recovered from the first one. He should have brought ah. Janet Jackson on the second time. Like here she is, you know, my my good friend. Or, she's or still... say no to the, to getting invited because you don't know. Oh no, you can't turn down the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't. No, come on, man, you can't. Girls, no, come on. That's the that's so, um, how would you say patronizing to say, oh, Janet, come come to my Super Bowl. Maybe I expose your nipple a second time. No, not it's a like, second. You do something, you know, yeah, that you honor her. You give her like no, a... No, but that's so patronizing. It's like, look, I'm the king. I'm I, even even yeah. you I might invite. It's not... No, she she's so much better than you. She deserves so much better than being invited True. to your silly Super Bowl that no one liked. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you... Oh, no. You? Wasn't it when he sang Mirrors halfway through? I mean, because, come on. I, he was just in a t-shirt and jeans and people... There's this meme that that kid next to him on his phone while he was performing on the Super Bowl. Like, he yeah, was like, I forgot. It's true. There's a moment yeah. where he looks at his phone, doesn't he? The, the kid next to him is so bored Oh yes. uh, that he was playing He's at his, in his phone. So, no, you're playing that's worse than the nipple gate that's worse that people are looking at their phones on your live performance so go home take a nap and then after all this backlash after all these people telling what i'm telling him now and and he was like i i imagine him at, at his house in beverly hills or wherever he lives i mean like oh my god i'm getting all this backlash i would after 20 years or whatever this time that I just went like nothing happened I'm just this good guy with frizzy hair no now you take accountability now you post your shitty notes up apology written by your assistant on your Instagram and I won't talk about it anymore because I don't care what you said you should have said this all this time ago and I I don't care about you anymore and, and your silly songs but mirrors is still a very good song <laughs> no the, his last songs are bad i i did like the 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 justified album that was after the breakout you didn't like 2020 vision 2020 vision 2020 vision experience the 2020 whatever uh, i don't know I, I like that album i like it but okay it uh, this is an interesting thing now in entertainment when 20 years may pass or something and something that for you know we didn't take notice of or we didn't see that okay that was yeah. clearly even at the time it was like Justin you suck you know for for not you know for all this kind of stuff but but these documentaries that are becoming so popular and just keep coming out now on, on streaming platforms <laughs> can you imagine someone like Justin Timberlake like chilling at home with Jessica Biel <laughs> and their kids and it's like oh then you you know you should watch his manager or someone giving a call have you watched the New York Times documentary about Britney he's like uh, okay let's watch it Sunday and all of a sudden boom the focus is on you and you're like he's oh not even no you know that, that, that song that, pe that people use on TikTok the oh no yeah, oh no basically. oh no 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. What? The, what song is that whatever happened to 
it's like a, that it old a trend that old TikTok. song. It's a trend on TikTok when like if you're about to, it's a video of you Something falling bad. or some calamity. Yeah. They'll pause you right at the moment when you're about to hit the floor or fall into the water, and it'll be that. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! So he was probably having one of those. Oh no! 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 No moments like oh no 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 what and and panicking. Did you? But s- okay. I'm, I'm glad that happened to him. But the worst thing is it's it had to come to this point because if no one because the the part of Justin Timberlake is just like maybe five minutes out of an hour and and so of documentary so I like that people took like oh no this is this is another villain on on Britney's stories let's talk about it because this man has already a long story of not apologizing let's make him do it but if we hadn't if people on on social media hadn't been um, harsh at him like Hey man, you did all of this and never ever took accountability, and and now he's like, oh, I'm sorry. By the way, it's like no, you you just don't do it to begin with, but and not wait for people to f- pressure you to say I don't know, I I don't care about his apology. Do better next time. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So all of this got me thinking. Okay, that's. Uh, that's I don't care about Justin. The the thing I care is that we all owe an apology to women in Hollywood and many other women around the world. But in this case that we're talking now, there's have been so much wronging to these girls because most of the time we're talking about girls who are barely of age hmm. that are being shamed, like not even on national television, international media talking about them and, and things that most of the time are not even their fault. Even, even if they did a mistake, no one deserves this type of backlash. And I'm talking... Apology to Britney, we need to apology, uh, apologize to Janet, but also we need to apologize to Paris Hilton, who, just because she put out that YouTube documentary um, a few months ago, we now realize how wrong it was to make her wear this slut-shaming backpack um, because of a private video that her ex-boyfriend forced her to do when she was barely 18 and he then leaked it like her mm. porn uh, her video thing the sex tape um which is illegal to do that if you and your partner decide to tape your, yourselves it's illegal then to make it public mm. and then the media for some reason decided to blame her for it and shame her and oh my god she should have known better mm. and then her whole image was based on that on the, the girl of the sex tape and, <laughs> it, and move on from that I have to inter- interject she has be- made an empire from just on the fame that yeah, she the, got from that the, sex the tape mental... like she, she she navigated that no but it's not just on the fame she made from the sex tape she, she I mean she was kind of well known it was mainly from her reality show wasn't it that she kind of became Oh, it was her that, with that Nicole Richie. First, I, I, she, she uh, well, she when she explains it on 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 the documentary, she talks about how she liked to party and and being a little rebellious. She she had the well, I don't know if she had the money when she was that um, young. She's but, a Hilton, of, yeah, she, but I, I don't know. Somehow they made it look like they didn't owe that much money. Anyway, she liked to party. Whatever, you're 16, go yeah. party, go live your life in New York, and and she was kind of famous like this sociality thing, mm-hmm. but. You even if you like to party, even you, if you like to do kind of rebellious stuff, you shouldn't be held. Um, I don't know the main victim, not victim, yeah. but the main responsible for a sex tape being leaked and then being responsible for it your whole life. And and she's so strong, she managed to 
surpass that, but not all people could. Imagine the all these people, your parents, your grandmas, mm. reading about your sex tape on every single newspaper, and only you, not not the criminal that yeah. leaked it. Yeah. It's you the one to blame, and now it's on your hands to get over that, get over the shame, and, and apologize to people for it. It's uh, insane. But then the, the, the whole thing of it, the sex tape became like a career move. Look at Kim Kardashian. Yeah, but uh, even... Maybe it wouldn't have. Maybe she would have taken it so at heart that she just, I don't know. There are plenty of people who've had sex tapes who haven't gone on to become exactly. big. Thank God yeah, it, it became a it good became thing. A thing. But like, we didn't know at like, the time oh, when we tape. were like shaming her publicly on newspapers' covers mm. and putting her face and slut-shaming her. Like we, The people writing that didn't know she, if she would make an empire out of it. And, and, and they didn't care. She could have done very... Like this really fucks you up on the head. And it, it, Totally, totally. I mean, it's, fame and success of any sort, uh, it usually does weird things to the head and to, the, to your mental health and stuff. But I think Paris Hilton's image now as a successful self-made businesswoman is like I think she gets the respect she deserves. Yeah, yeah, yeah because she's so clever and, and we have seen what she has managed to do with bad stuff and becoming right. and making it turn it into brilliant amazing things like reality TV shows or and like stuff DJing like in Ibiza. What exactly. was it? She had like a DJ like a headline slot or a residency at Amnesia and stuff and obviously the DJ world didn't have many nice words to say about that and it's like look, you know, if if people want to pay and what's Paris Hilton, exactly. let them pay. Let them have their fun. Who else do we have to do we owe apologies to? We owe an apology to Megan Fox who we decided that she was oh, so yeah. pretty we couldn't respect her that she was only a sex object and we wouldn't care about her talent or any of her movies and she wouldn't be able to be treated um, professionally ever for example when she was uh, Jennifer's body that's an amazing film and an amazing crazy idea for a terror movie hmm. was the marketing team for some reason decided to sexualize, hypersexualize her to an extent that people couldn't get that the movie would be exactly the the contrary of what the the poster seems because it's, if you see Megan Fox on a tiny little skirt um, and blood in her mouth, you don't know that it, that's actually like a feminist terror movie that talks Written. about eating boys in high school. It seems like it's for teenage boys to get. Mm, all hot while watching Megan, hmm. and and she was ashamed for that many years, and she was ridiculed be, be because of the movie and and her perform performance that was excellent as well. And that film was written and directed by Diablo Cody. Yeah, that who, you know who she's supposed to be. And you know. it's it's only now that we're realizing this as well. It's a, we had all on the table, and we just didn't bother to read correctly what we yeah. were given and when for example in, she said in an interview that she didn't like the Transformers director Michael Bay Michael the Bay. most chauvinistic director working in Hollywood that it's well she didn't word it perfectly but then this man decided to write an open letter after she said that um, and saying um, she was an unfriendly bitch a dumb as a rock and stating that she could find success in the porn industry. Wow. <laughs> An open letter. Michael Bay. It, 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 and she has really not recovered from Transformers and, and them dumping her. She has never had her big moment because we didn't allow her to have one. And, and that's bad. And we owe her an apology. We're so sorry, Megan. Another one, Catherine Heigl. 
who was in Grey's Anatomy and she started becoming huge, making mm-hmm. knocked up with uh, Judd Apatow and stuff. And all of a sudden she got viciously cancelled. And the same thing, they accused her of being difficult, of being a diva, of being a bad bitch. And now she's back with a show on Netflix, thank God. And Because I, I think she's so talented and stuff. And, and she got so unfairly cancelled for behavior that is like hang on a minute you know no if if a man behaves like that and stuff it's like oh yeah he's got a bit of a temper like mm. joaquin phoenix or mm. uh, tom uh, sean penn you know it's like oh they're difficult actors you know but they're they're so gr- brooding and deep and stuff and all of a sudden a woman but not if you're a woman yeah you have to right. behave and you have to I don't know, be this perfect little person. And can, I, can I ask briefly, briefly, if we have time, what did you make of Carrie Mulligan and a Variety magazine? Did you hear about this? No. Yeah. What happened to Carrie Sweet Mulligan? Sweet Carrie Mulligan? Well, there the was wife a- of a Mumford and Son. That's the worst thing she's done in her life. Oh, no. Marry a Mumford. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man. What bad taste women have. She, so she's, she's in a new, a new film called Promising Young Woman. Um, and there was a review in uh, in Variety magazine, which basically, among many other things, it said that she wasn't hot enough for the role. And Ooh. then, but in, in I mean, it's just sound things are turning. I don't know. Like basically, Carrie Mulligan called the 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 reviewer and Variety out for this, um, and Variety apologised. As, As they, they should. should. <laughs> yeah. Who wrote that? But then, um, I've just noticed the National Society of Film Critics says that uh, they shouldn't have apologised for what? it. What? Basically. Uh? So they're commenting on her appearance, you know, that... Uh, you know, you can judge well, an actor or actress or if, if they do bad acting or what can be considered as, you know, not being... I, I think the point was, and I'm certainly not supporting this, but that basically it was like the person in the film, if I've got this right was used their very hot looks to do something or, or gain some advantage. I'm not, not 100% sure. And that was ra- why they said that she was maybe not the right person for the role she wasn't hot enough. I mean, it wasn't... What? I'm not, I, I'm not saying... Obviously, yeah. I'm not saying that just yeah, you know, it doesn't. You're, you're but what, what I'm like, I'm sort of giving the context as in like why some people who were like that, it wasn't just like they were like, oh, yeah... And she's not hot enough. It was like it's a horrible thing to your say. It's like to write about movies and be a, a movie critic. Like, well, you, maybe you shouldn't be a movie critic because you don't know how to write enough. Because that's not a a thing. Because that's a subjective opinion, which most of critics are. But that is yeah. But you have to elaborate and and say, oh, the the role doesn't fit her because of that and that and that. And maybe I will hear it, but not saying she's not hot enough. What? No. I'd need to read the whole thing and yeah, I need to see I the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm judging here. With, I don't know the context. You know, I mean, I'd cut a finger off for Carrie Mulligan, and 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 <laughs> and, 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 I, and I didn't mean to say that about Mumford and Sons. I'm sure they're really <laughs> nice lads. So who, who else? Find, well, find apologies. Not, not, <laughs> apologies I'm, I'm, I could stay here forever, but I want to say Monica Lewinsky. Well, Monica but she's Lewinsky. not Hollywood. She's. A woman, <laughs> and we owe her an apology. That's I'm so angry. Why? How did this happen? She was a 22 year old girl that was involved in a sex scandal with the president, a grown ass man that should have known better. She was only 22. She was a, a, an intern, and she was 22. She just barely left university, and she got an internship. And oh my god, I'm impressed by by people that have authority, and this grown ass man doesn't have any better judgment than to 
pers- I don't know, yeah, have too. sex with me or whatever. And that's having sex is a two person, two people thing. Why was it all her fault? This 22 year go- girl is at fault because the, she seduced the, the president. She's like this kind of mermaid that has powers. And not <laughs> only that, she, somehow the, the media. As a, as a society decided that collectively what we should respond to this uh, interaction was about talking about how freaking fat, which she was not, Monica was. Like, oh, there's all these articles, all, all these interviews, all these people talking about this because it was a big scandal. And all they talk about is how fat she was. Oh, she, um, I understand if, if you cheat with um, Sharon Stone, but this fat woman, no, oh my God, oh, how would you do that? And it's like, are we crazy? Were, were we okay? I, I don't think we were. Can, can I just say with Monica Lewinsky? She is so brilliant on Twitter. She's one of the things that makes me love Twitter. Do you follow her? No. no. She is fabulous. She's actually one of the greatest people. Basically, I think she said that, you know, 20 years on, like she had a really, really difficult time, as you, as you might imagine. But she's kind of... In her way, I think, I think she, you know, she, she's assimilated. I'm not saying, you know... It wasn't important, but she, she's, you know, she's managed to turn it around and make uh, something out of it. No, she wrote, she wrote a book, I imagine, which was a bestseller. There's wasn't nothing it? else you can do about it because your name will always be Monica Lewinsky. I know, especially in the states, and every time you go and buy groceries, it reminds me of the actress in Last Tango in Paris, um, who, for for all her life, you know, she had a horrible experience on that shoot with Marlon Brando and Bernardo Bertolucci. And uh, every time, because there's an infamous scene involving mm-hmm, butter, yeah. every time she would go to a restaurant, they would, you know, the waiters would like put an extra lob of butter and smirk at her. And it was very humiliating for her, she would say, you know, it was a horrible experience. And, you know, it just reminds me, you know, Monica Lewinsky, is, no matter how much she's made out of herself and managed to survive this, every time, you know, it's most likely that someone's going to wave a cigar at her, like, hey, hey how's it, you know, it's horrible to live with that kind of shit. We've got to go, yeah. you know. Oh, my God. Well, no, what more, are, no more Ka- Maria Schneider, sorry, the actress in Last Tango in Paris, Maria Schneider, who sadly passed away a few years ago. Um, yeah, remembering her as well. So apologies. We we should, we owe we apologies. We could go on and on. Yeah. We, need to, we could go on and on. Uh, we need to change the culture. And, uh, and how about we fade out with that Britney Spears remix of Fred Falk? Can, yeah, on a Alan higher Brakes. note. Uh, by Alan Brax. Sorry, who works, who breaks, who works with that with Fred Falk. Uh, quickly, Ben, say something nice about this song. So then, um, I he he made it uh, just the uh, night before, and it's only ninety seconds long because the bloke was just coming on to pick up the dat the dat tape, and people always said, "Why is it not long enough?" And he said, "Well, I literally only have the time to do it because the bloke just picked up the tape at the door." Ooh, this is Britney Spears remixed by Alan Brax.